Welcome to Chick Chat with Unapologetically Karen, the podcast for women by women. I'm Karen Webb, architect, author, entrepreneur, creative junkie, and your host. Chick Chat is your resource for building your big, bold, and beautiful feminine life. So join me for some eye-opening and jaw-dropping dialogue that has people talking. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Chick Chat. Today, I've got Wendy Sellers. She is a speaker, trainer, author, and consultant with over 25 years of experience in HR, business operations, and leadership. She is called the HR lady. She tells it like it is while discussing crappy leadership, which we all have had, I'm sure, and jerks at work that make the workplace a living hell for most people. She discusses these realities in her books, Suck It Up Buttercup and The Asshole Whisperer. (laughs) Great titles. So let's welcome Wendy. Hi, Wendy. So nice to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Oh, I'm thrilled. And I'm sure we have so many topics to discuss. So first of all, let's jump into what got you into HR. Sure. Uh, Something very random. It's not what I initially went to college for. I went to college for healthcare administration and got two degrees in that and then decided like, yeah, that world moves a little too slow for me, even though I still am dabbling in it. Um, And then, you know, I I ended up just looking for a job and ran into somebody in an elevator when I had that paper resume in my hand and they said, hey, can you do HR? I could figure it out. Eventually, I did go back and go back, get another degree, a master's degree in human resources and a ton of certifications. So it wasn't something that I was a kid like, oh, I want to be the HR lady. But here I am, the HR lady. (laughs) That's great. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes our path is just, it takes a different turn. That's great. That's great. So let's, which of of all of your fun topics, because I've got so many highlighted, do you want to start with? Sure. I mean, we could talk about sucking up buttercup, be a leader people will follow. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> Great. So, you know, I wrote the book, Suck It Up Buttercup, uh, because I'm always giving out free advice. And a friend of mine said, you know, you really need to write a book. So I did. Um, and it's about, you know, the, I wrote the title, Suck It Up Buttercup, because I want people who say that, and that is something that I say, to yeah. have re- to grab the book and say, yeah, yeah, suck it up, buttercup. And then they read it and they go, oh, crap, I'm the problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm the buttercup. Great. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Got I'm it, the got person it. that needs oh, to suck it up. And, you know, funny. it's because um, my personality style is uh, very dominant, very dominant, direct. I get don't get emotional. I cut to the chase uh, and I do that quickly. And in the meantime, I destroy a lot of people's feelings and, you you know, realized I wasn't really having any sympathy, never mind empathy. And so it took me a long time to figure that out, to figure out like, hey, Wendy, you're probably part of the problem here because not everybody has your personality style and your um, I'm a D on the on the dispersonality uh, scale, which is dominant. And that definitely run, rubs people the wrong way. Now, if I'm talking to another D, we don't care that we're rubbing each other the wrong way, but 
we still might insult each other as well, but we lick our wounds in private behind the scenes. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, my, that is you so know, interesting. my book, uh, Suck It Up Buttercup, it talks about, uh, it's very short. It's a management, it's for managers to learn about personality styles, that certain personality styles um, rub each other the wrong way. And there's no right personality style or wrong personality style. We're b- born with our styles and we just learn need to learn how to adjust to our own and then other people. I also talk a lot about communication in that book, um, which, by the way, Karen, almost always goes wrong, right? <laughs> uh, it's so true. If anything's going to go wrong, it's usually that. Yeah, yep, yeah. in the world. And then uh, the in third everything. thing I talk yeah. about in that book is the lack of common sense. And I know people like myself go, yeah, people don't have common sense. And then I have to stop and think and go, well, guess what? I didn't have some at one point. And right. now I forget that I learned that sense. And that's why it's common to me and the people that I'm around. And so it was really just a, an aha moment of writing this book, a lot of aha moments that I've had and that I hope other people have to say, you know, let's stop judging and let's maybe grab a mirror and start remembering that somebody taught us something and or we've learned things through painful mistakes. And for anybody that's listening that is a parent, please stop fixing your your uh, your children's problems for them because they're never going to learn. And Karen, right. I think that's something that you want to talk about a little bit too. Is these 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 young kids these days, right? <laughs> Generations, yeah. but we we have to remember that the world is different. Uh, period. I don't care if it was yeah, yesterday, it six years ago, seventy years ago. It's just different, and we're never going back that way. And so, as we continue to grow and literally grow old, we just have to make room for the younger generations and learn to adjust to what they are dealing with, their Mm -hmm. styles, their, um, you know, their communication styles, meaning text as well, and so on and so forth. So, you know, we're, we're all work in progress. I mean, uh, uh, apparently, and we need to just uh, shut up and listen and then learn Mm -hmm. to adapt. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I mean, I personally, I love hiring the younger generation, And I think for me, it's just because mentoring is just one of my favorite things. I just, and the work environment with me in terms of my staff is, um, it's definitely a mentor kind of relationship and I love seeing them learn all that, but I have seen a change, I would say. Um, so what do you think you attribute it to? There's just a change. I would say the, um, and, and I'm not sure, you know, one is, Well, I would definitely say right now, it seems to be that people don't stick to their job for that long. I don't know why that is. There seems to be more quitting going on. Do you find that? Yeah. So um, if you're asking me this pre-pandemic, I had a different answer, right? Yes. Because uh, the pandemic through everything into disarray. That's that's exactly what I mean. Post-pandemic, things have shifted completely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, um, pre-pandemic, we forget to realize that most humans only stay in a job for maybe four or five years if you're lucky. And we forget that we were probably there too, but we're like, oh, well, that was when we were 20. Well, these are the people you're complaining about as the 20-year-olds, the 21-year-olds. Right, right, right. Post-pandemic, the world is their oyster. Uh, And two things. First of all, it's not our grandparents' world anymore, right? Um, They're Mm -hmm. still here. Some of them are still in it. But way back then, 100 years ago, even 50 years ago, I don't know, you could maybe work at a job your entire life, you would get uh, a retirement 
whether it be 401k or some other retirement plan, you get decent health care and they paid for most of it. You um, got overtime pay. You know, you were you were there for the long haul. Then eventually a company started mm-hmm. laying off. And this is pre-pandemic. And right. people said, well, if you're going to let me go, well, then I'm going to go and find my own better um, you know, future too. And then the pandemic hit, the most latest, latest pandemic, the COVID mm-hmm. pandemic. And companies dropped people like that because they had to and they didn't bring them back. So this is definitely when employees said, you know what? Sorry for my Hmm. my foul language here. Screw you. You dumped me. I'm dumping you. I'm going to think about me and my family only. And because Hmm. of the pandemic, a lot of people any age woke up and said there's more to life than working 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week for a company that's going to drop me like this. And they proved that they will during the pandemic and they haven't brought me back. So I am going to go find my happy place, whatever that might be. So many uh, people of all ages are piecing together full-time, uh, I don't want to say full-time employment, full-time, full, full-time income, but they're doing it on their terms. So, okay. and not only that is a lot of, um, again, all ages, but definitely the younger generations are taking advantages are starting their own businesses. So they might not work with me or you or one of our listeners on a regular basis as a W-2 employee, but they have three or four side hustles going on as well because they know me and you are not going to take care of them because we proved that. So, you know, there's a lot of changes going on. And as employers, we need to look at the candidates and the employees viewpoint and we need to ask them, why are these things happening? And then we need to shut up and listen and then actually act. But instead, what we do is like to bitch and complain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, um, that's so true. And I, yeah. And for me, I mean, you've met or you've spoken to Cambry or texted with Cambry or emailed whatever, who is my right hand woman. Um, she's amazing. And, but I do, I, I, once she came into my life, I was like, wow, this is unique. This kind of fully invested into it where like, you know, everything she does, she cares about. I'm just not seeing that as often with others, but it, but it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Yeah. I think you can. And let me just enter real quick. I mean, there's some people, and it's been like this forever that you're not going to motivate them to work. They're like, I'm here for the paycheck. That's it. I'm doing my job. I'm doing it. Okay. You didn't fire Mm -hmm. me up from performance. I'm never going to be the top achiever and I'm okay with that. And if you're okay with that, then let's shake hands and and move forward. We've always had that, right? Right, But we've been expecting more and 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 more from everybody in the world for, you know, decades now, but definitely now that there's a shortage of uh, staff and there's a shortage of workers, shortage of people who are willing to work for you. There's a shortage of people that are willing to work at all because they want to work on their own, uh, do side hustles. And then there's just a shortage of talent. There's a shortage of the knowledge, skills, and abilities that we need today because they're new knowledge, skills, and ability and or our competitors need the same thing. So if you only have a bag of a hundred people that have the knowledge, skills, and abilities that, um, 500 job ads need, well, we have a shortage. And so mm-hmm. what do we do? We say, I can't find it. We're going to pile more crap onto our other employees. And then those other employees are like, nah, no, no, you Mm-mm. either give me Mm-mm. more money, you take something off my plate, or I'm out of here. And yeah, absolutely, we have to realize employees, I don't want to say they're in charge, but they kind of do have a hit, head, head up and hand up on all employers right now. And I say, finally, we're here, thankfully. 
Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is true. It's like the, the, you know, the leadership with a whip is not the way to go. I mean, that's so old, old, old school. I I can't even. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what, Karen, it never was the way to go. Um, Those employers back then just put their head down and bitched in their head and said, you know what? Um, Yeah, sure. I'll pretend I'm doing this for you. Sure. I'm pretend I'm committed forever, but it's because I'm getting something out of this uh, where if you're not getting as much out of it now, then you can't, you can't say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. give me more and more and more. Cause employees are saying, well, what are you going to give me? Because half the world just died out there literally during COVID. And maybe some of my family and friends did too, or have been greatly, you know, injured from it. And so mm-hmm. I want more. And if you won't give it to me, I'll go find it somewhere else. Or I will just work uh, my life around having less because let's face mm-hmm. it. Most of our, um, ammunition, what in the past would be like, oh, we're going to give you more money. You can have a family. You can buy a house. You can buy things. You could go on vacation. Well, right now, buying a house is unaffordable for most people, definitely not younger people. And so their right. ideas of buying a house are different now. I was just reading an article last night or this morning on how pe- uh, younger people are buying houses with friends um, versus thinking, mm. okay, I'm going to wait for the love of my life because they're like, well, first of all, I may not want that. And second of all, um, the only way I'm going to be able to buy a house is have three or four incomes in on it. And I, I really, I think the world just has changed and we have to accept yes. that. Yeah. So when they're doing that, are they then all living in that house yes. or is it something? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Most hmm. of them are. Um, otherwise, yeah. you know, um, you, you might get, you might get an investor, but if your friend, if you're 25 years old, if you're 35 years old, your friend's probably going to be around the same age. So they're probably not going to be this millionaire investor and you're suddenly friends with them. <laughs> they're probably right, living, right, right. living yeah. in the house with you yeah. until they can afford something out. And then now they're charging you rent or something like that. I don't know about you, but my first house that, that I ever bought, um, I bought it and immediately moved in roommates to help pay for the bill. And so yeah. it's not much sim. Not not much different. It's just that mm-hmm. now the mortgage is in, di- in three or four different names. Right. And plus, it's just harder to qualify. Yes. So they probably need those. Yeah. So tell me a bit when you were just talking about, you know, um, employees kind of wanting something back. Um, what do you think is the best way right now, since they are different and, and employees and employers are different than in the past, what is the best way to incentivize or motivate them? You know, what we may have done before is not now the same or what's your take on that? Ask them. That's really what it is. You know, Mm, uh, surveys. Surveys are so easy to do. Be careful, though, when you're doing surveys, because when we create surveys on our own, there could be some kind of bias in there. And then the survey, you know, isn't valid or reliable. And so make sure you do get an expert. Um, Even if you go to salary, I'm going to salary, I come survey.com. They have all valid and reliable uh, surveys. And if you go to change a question, it'll say, if you change this, it'll like remind you. But there is a fee associated with that, too. But, you know, survey.com, other other survey uh, tools like that, but survey your current staff. Ask your candidates who have declined your offer, why did you decline my offer? Um, maybe get a third party involved because they may not want to tell you the real reason and then act on it. So here's my thing with surveys is if you're not going to read the survey and you're not going to do something about the survey results, please don't do a survey because your yeah, employees will never complete one ever again for you. 
Yeah, <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> but the reason I yeah. say survey your staff is because everybody is going to have a different demographics. You might have, you know, four or five generations working for you. You might have one, but then you might mm-hmm. have other demographics too. Single people, uh, married people, people with kids, people without, people who are taking care of their, their parents and grandparents, you know, remote workers, in-person workers. So no two organizations are going to be able to say, um, oh, yeah, these are exact, our employees are exactly alike, and this is what you should do for them. So when you ever read any articles that say, hey, you should do this, really stop and think and say, is that relevant for my company? And don't mm-hmm. assume that it is or it isn't. Ask your current employees and then listen. And mm-hmm. even if you can't make the changes that they're all suggesting, like they want remote work and you can't do it for whatever reason, it better be a very, uh, very good reason and not just your personal preference. Uh, or you can't do health insurance or you can't do whatever extra time off. Address it with them. Make sure you say you've mm-hmm. gave, given me the feedback and now I'm going to give everybody the answers of why we can and can't do this. But this is what we're planning on doing in the next three months six months, 12 months, a year, three years, so that they know, well, you've listened to me and at least you've responded. And even though I don't agree with you, now I know the reason why and that you're still going to continue to improve. Right, right. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Now tell me, let's talk for a minute then about different personality types. I love that. Um, Because sometimes, you know, when we're dealing with friends or acquaintances, we're drawn to sometimes a similar personality. But sometimes when you've got employees, it may not be the personality that you are comfortable with or that you know how to work well with. So yeah, let's let's dive into that. Sure. So there are a ton of different type of personality types. I personally use DISC, D-I-S-C, which is a derivative of Myers-Briggs. I just like it because it's simple. It's four letters. That's all you need to think think about. But then I also talk about in my other book about personality um, traits like introvert, extrovert, ambivert. So there's the thing with personalities is there's so much and it can be so overwhelming. So whatever tool you use, just you know, know that keep it simple and don't overthink it, right? And don't assign somebody a personality unless you do an actual assessment because many people have learned to bring a fake personality to the interview or a fake personality mm-hmm. to the workplace because that's what they think you want. And that's um, a lot of people try to match your personality as well. Right, so for, right. for like the DISC model, which is what I use and what I'm certified in, it's uh, dominant influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness. So they're the four main types of personalities. Everybody is a mix of all four of those. Like I'm a solid D off the charts D. There's like a circle and I'm like literally like off the charts D. (laughs) Um, But you know, I do have the influential salesy part in me as well, but it's only when I have to pull that out. I also have the steady, uh, um, you know, supportive part in me when I, when I have to have that. And then the conscientious, which is super, super detailed, which I hate, but when I have to be, (laughs) be in an individual uh, business owner, I have to be all of these hats at some point in time, but I know certain times of the day, if I need to be super analytical, um, I know I need to do it in my pajamas with my coffee before my phone starts ringing. And before I've even opened up my, my email, like I need Mm -hmm. peace and quiet. The minute my adrenaline goes up, my normal personality comes out, which is dominant, direct order. (laughs) I order people around, you know, and I I offend people and and I have to know that like 
So I always try to quickly figure out who is this person that I'm talking to so I can kind of, um, you know, adjust to their personality style. And so I'm not so abrupt with mine. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, personality styles, again, we are born with them. We can learn to adjust by doing a lot of activities. And in my first book, Suck It Up Buttercup, I do have um, um, activities that you can do that to help adjust change, not change your personality, but just learn about other people's personalities. Now, I have wrote an activity. It's the last chapter of my book, and the activity is free on my website, thehrlady.com. You can go to the downloads. And I've wrote an activity mainly for the non-emotional personality styles, which are dominant and conscientious. And it's not that we don't have emotions. It's just that we go to facts first, and then we, we follow up with emotions. The other personalities come into a meeting with emotion first. And Mm -hmm, when you're mm -hmm. jumping into the facts and the agenda, you've already lost them because they're thinking, oh, you don't like me. And it's like, no, I'm just jumping into the agenda. But you didn't ask me about my weekend or my dog or my cute little picture of my baby over here. And I'm like, oh, I was going to talk about that later, but I want to get to this agenda. So I've learned that no, Wendy, you need to slow down, go in you know, chit chat for the first five to seven minutes, even though it's driving me crazy. Right. And, and then I, I've learned to like quickly cut that conversation off. Like, all right, let's get to the agenda at hand so we can get out of here early. And then, you know, if there's 15 minutes left in the lead meeting, then those people can hang out and chit chat and get to know each other. The thing is, Karen, it's really important for us to get to know our employees. So if we're only jumping into the project at hand or the mm-hmm. our, a meeting, mm-hmm. we're not getting to know our employees which means we don't know anything about them and we're not entitled to know anything about their personal life. But as a leader, a true leader, we really should get to know the people around us, regardless of what your role is so that you can, you know, adjust your conversation and be empathetic, which is what the world needs to say, oh, wow, they're going through a hard time. Maybe Mm -hmm. I should, you know, pull some uh, workload off of them. I'm not going to let them get away with things. I'm still going to hold them accountable for what we agreed on, on the performance. And then of course their behavior in the workplace, but, and I might even have to write them off up because they didn't do their job. I'm not going to let them get away with it, but I am going to be more empathetic and let them know, yes, I understand you're going through a divorce or something right now. How about you take tomorrow off? And then when you come back, we'll readjust your project calendar. Uh, But please do note that I have to write up that you missed your deadline. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. You know, it's interesting because on this uh, on this podcast and just in the, in everything we do um, uh, through my social media, etc., it's really a lot about looking at the two types of energies, masculine and feminine energy, and you know how, what traits those have, how those translate to being a leader. And it's interesting because I think for the most part, or historically, women have felt that because we were newer to the workforce than the men, just, you know, just historically, um, that we needed to kind of man up, you know, like we needed to bring all that, um, more of that dominance, more of that masculine energy, which is about directness and, you know, competition and it's task oriented and it's doing oriented versus the feminine energy. But you know what? I think what we're finding, I think what the world is starting to see is that that feminine energy in the workplace is really valuable as well. Absolutely. And kind of what you're talking about, you know, and, I, and that might be why I say I like to lead um, and do mentorship because I think it is. It's coming from, I think as a leader, I'm probably more the feminine energy type, of course, to complete deadlines and, and, 
you know, advertise and get work, that's obviously masculine energy. But I think you're right, though, that that combination is super important. It as really a is. And, and, and the key word is also empathy, you know, in, mm-hmm. it's part of emotional intelligence. And you could be the smartest person in the world on IQ, but have no emotional intelligence or little emotional intelligence. And the world needs a lot more empathy, especially since the past few years. And then, you mm-hmm. know, moving into a highly, um, uh, not comfortable political year coming up. <laughs> we'll leave it at mm-hmm. that without going into that drama. Oh, well, let's, um, <laughs> yeah, I try not to even get into that yeah. because everybody has their opinion on it. But, I understand. But we have to. We have to understand that you know we're again we're not in grandma's world anymore anymore. Mm-mm. So fifty years ago when there was a, a a news event, you know we'd read about it. We wouldn't be texting about it, emailing on every single social media podcast, news, you name it. Blah blah. It's coming at people mm-hmm. all the time, and our younger generations have grown with grown up with this where we haven't right and so we we might be um i personally am a little bit of a, a social media addict but uh you know we at our age and up whatever that might be i'll just say 40 and up you know mm-hmm. we might be able to turn it off you know turn off the social media turn off the news and everything where younger generations are like but that's the only way i could talk to people because i'm not allowed outside to play by myself anymore <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's so true. <laughs> Life has changed. That's for Life sure. Life has changed. And and I, I bring this up because it's the reality. If you um, have been in a management role for quite some time or a business ownership role, you're thinking, mm-hmm. man, when I was 20, 30 years old, that's not how I acted. Yeah, well, you didn't have all this other stuff going on. It's you, completely different. Yeah, yeah you didn't have is. COVID. You didn't have these these insane wars, Twitter battles yep. with yep. you know world leaders, you know, all this stuff in and the cost of living and the fact that, you know, the earth's falling apart and we're all worried about it. It's like these younger people have a lot of burden that um, other generations, including I'm Gen X, including my own, have put on them. Mm-hmm. And right. we just have to realize we're every single day we cannot go backwards. We're not, don't go backwards. Don't look that way. You can look, but there's nothing to see. We're not going there. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not headed there. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we are up for a, an unusual year this year. That is for sure. Um, Let me ask you this though, too. So are there better ways to communicate with certain personality types? Do you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I do a lot of training on this as well. Um, With somebody, I'll just make it like pretty easy. But if somebody is um, on the factual side of things, which for the dispersonality scale is the D and the C, you just get to the point as quickly as possible. Um, They're probably not going to. So a D, me, I'm a fast Mm -hmm. mover. I'm not going to read your 30 page report. Give me three bullet points in the appointment that you invited me to. And I might read the three bullet points. Same thing for um, the I, which is kind of like a salesy type uh, person. Mm -hmm. They love to talk but their attention span is often all over the place. So you see, yes. you need to get to the facts quick with them too. The other personality types, the more supportive and the detailed conscientious, they are actually going to read that 30 page report. And the conscientious C is going to tell you all the mistakes you ma- made too. <laughs> and, and they're going to be right, which is really going to make you mad. <laughs> right. Oh boy. Yeah. So, that's you know, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, I would uh, encourage you to get one of my books. Um, I have all information on my website Definitely. too about, about 
disc and I love it. It changed my world. And there's a lot of free podcasts out there about um, the disc personality styles as well. So if anybody that's interested, you could connect with me yes. on LinkedIn or send me an email and I'll, I'll send you the links. They're not mine. They're ones that I actually listen to as well. Uh, my email is wendy at the hrlady.com. But they're, okay. you know, don't get caught up so much in, um, oh, are they a D? Are they this? You know, are they what are, animal are they? There's so many different styles right. and traits. Just get to know your people and say, okay, I didn't think about that. I work this way. I just assumed everybody else does and they don't. Let me, I don't know, talk to my employee. Right, if you can't right. afford to do an assessment, um, then just talk to your employee and say, here's the way I operate. Um, how do you operate and how can we come into a happy medium? Just know that not all your employees are going to have that answer and they may be shell-shocked that you're even asking them because you've never done right. this out before. So you do have to sometimes just say, hmm, you've given me a lot to think about. Uh, yeah. Can we get back together tomorrow and then run and scream in the parking lot and yeah. <laughs> get your pen and paper and start putting it down? Like, okay, how am I going to handle this person who's driving me crazy? But I mm -hmm. love their skills. I love their their knowledge and their experience, but I'm having a hard time communicating with them. Right, exactly. And and I've had a couple of those employees in the past. Um, but it, I think that's great advice though, because if you can't, and, and I, you know, the disc is just one way to kind of put words to how you how you operate. And so it's kind of nice to be able to have something where you can go, okay, where does my staff kind of land? Where, you know, and why is this not getting through to some, but others are just totally get it. We're communicating perfectly. So it is nice to go, okay, there's something amiss. And how do you make that change for them? Right. Um, because everybody thinks differently, you know, and I have had it in the past where, yeah, certain personality types are just harder to communicate with, but yeah, but there are ways you just have to kind of, you know, see how they work and then make some changes to get. Yeah. Them to and the, the other thing to remember is every human is unique. So even if you did a personality style and then, right. then you've did training for this, or, you, you know, you, you did an analysis for that we're still unique in our life experiences and you may never know that about your employees because it's not your right to know, you know, um, a lot of things that have happened in their life. But if you are a caring person and empathetic and you've proven to them that I'm here to help, they may tell you information. You mm -hmm. may go, oh my goodness, I had no idea. You know, they may have been through some trauma at their last job or in their childhood. Mm -hmm. uh, they may have moved from another country in a very, very, you know, not um, enjoyable way, maybe because of a war or something like that. And so we, as humans, we judge. We really do. I do too. And, you know, I have to smack myself at times, but we have unconscious conscious bias. And until we make that mm -hmm. conscious, um, you know, it's important to know that everybody has bias. And I'll give you an example. I used to do a lot of training on generations and I still do, but I've changed the way I've done the training because I took an assessment um, and uh, found out that I had a little bit of age discrimination going on for older people, <laughs> which is funny because huh. I'm the older person. So I was like, right. I don't, I don't understand this. And so I had to really sit with that and think. And I said, I know what it is. It's because I'm out there doing these trainings. Um, this was pre-pandemic. And I was doing a lot of trainings on millennials. Gen Z didn't exi mm -hmm. exist in the workplace yet. And I got very yeah. um, protective of millennials. And therefore, I was judging and showing bias against anybody who wasn't a millennial, including myself. Right, so right. I was, Oops. 
<laughs> and, you know, when the HR lady takes that assessment and goes, oh, crap, what is going on right, here? But right. it really made me realize that, listen, we're just human and it's okay to uh, for me to be sharing this story. It's okay for us to admit we have faults. And uh, what you really need to do is then say, how can I fix this and how can I change it? Right. Absolutely. And I do think some professions lend themselves more towards one age group versus another. And that's not necessarily a bias. It's just, you know, some of the very high techie stuff, it, it is the younger group that just, they were born and raised with it. It's like right. they were born with yeah. that, you know, cell phone in their hand and that computer. Like they just, they can get that stuff. Yeah, so much they can quicker. get mm-hmm. But here's the important thing, Karen, is they can get it to work doesn't mean they know how the technology behind it. We still need tech. Oh, absolutely. But they, if you yes, need something absolutely. to work, they can show you how to work it. They may not be able to fix it. Um, and this goes with anybody, you know, with any, mm-hmm, any, mm-hmm, any age mm-hmm. group or any skill whatsoever. Yeah, no, that's very, very true. Now, do you think, so I, I love, I, I've had my own business for gosh, now 35 years or so. Um, so during that time, my favorite is always that it is kind of a family knit group. It just ends up being, and it could just be my leadership style. It could be, you know, the employees and how comfortable they are, et cetera. What do you think is the best way? First of all, is it a good thing to have that kind of atmosphere or work environment? And if so, what are some great ways that you've seen companies or, you know, um, entrepreneurs create that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's great to have a family environment as long as it's a functional family, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My work family works really well. The rest of the family might be dysfunctional. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I mean, who the heck wouldn't want to work in that environment? Now, again, not everybody wants to be best friends forever with their coworker and that's okay. And we have to respect that. Um, But you know, regardless of if you have a family environment or not, at least having a decent, nice, accepting environment, we mm-hmm. still have to hold our people accountable. That's the biggest thing that I see, though, with pe- with companies that say, oh, we're a family environment. It's usually because, oh, we started as one employee, five employees, 10 employees, and we've been together forever. We'll get sometimes employee hmm. number eight doesn't fit after, you know, eight years, 12 years, 20 years. And people don't ever want to make that decision to remove them from that role because they've been with us since the good time and the, and the bad times. And it's like, well, they are bringing the bad times now. So you have yeah, to hold them accountable. Yeah. So accountability is key. And folks, mm-hmm. I don't care if you have one employee or none and you're, you have contractors and things like that, um, or a thousand employees, setting your employees up to, up for success is up to you. Having job descriptions is super, super important. Hiring according to those job descriptions, promoting or under, unfortunately, the opposite, according to those job descriptions, using your job descriptions as a basis for feedback conversations. So you're not like, oh, I like that that shirt you're wearing. You're getting an A today. No, no, no. Let's get back to the job task <laughs> at hand because yeah. it happens. It's called bias and favoritism. Oh, and, yeah, that's you know, true. I could see that. You know, yeah. so like mm-hmm. sticking with having policies, have job descriptions, and then, you know, making sure every decision that you make aligns with your policies and your job descriptions, even if it is your kid that's working for you, your favorite employee or your least favorite human, but they happen to be the best uh, employee there is, even if though for some reason you don't like them as a human. So performance <laughs> management, super important, but don't forget about behavior management. 
as an HR consultant, when my phone rings from my private clients, um, it's usually because somebody's acting a fool and they don't know what to do. And I always say, mm. all right, we've already set up your company values. Let's go back to that. So company values should are be behavioral type words like respect and trust and professionalism and you know things like going the extra mile. What the heck does that mean? The extra mile for me means something to, different to you. And so often we put all these fancy things in our values or on our marketing page of our of our website, but we don't really define what the heck they mean. You're like, well, what, what do you mean? Everybody knows what they mean. Right. Well, they don't if I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Making it very clear. This is our culture. These are our expectations, our performance. These are our expectations our beha- of behavior. And even if you're the greatest salesperson in the world and you just got us a million dollar contract, you're a jerk. You can't work with us, period. Uh, because right. if you have jerks in the workplace, other employees <laughs> will quit and then you lose other employees just to keep yeah. this one employee who you happen to like a lot. Yeah. Or that you don't, but yeah. <laughs> it's still a jerk. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the jerk doesn't work with others very well, right. typically. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, let me see. I had a couple other questions for you. I know that I wanted to bring up. Yes. So what do you think is the best way to give feedback? Let's say you've got an employee just driving you nuts for whatever reason. What's the best way to give that positive feedback? I know, you know, of course, just for legal reasons and HR reasons, but also just to get the best outcome. Sure. So it depends on why they're driving you crazy. So let's just say it's nothing super, super severe. It's just annoying. You know, I would go in with the yeah. sandwich technique. Just think about the sandwich. You know, you kind of you know, two bread ends like, hey, Bob, how you doing? You've been here for four months now. I think things are going very well. However, the incident that happened yesterday <laughs> in that meeting, okay. XYZ, blah, 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 it really can't happen again. And here's the reason why and blah, 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 you know, be very clear. And then you close it with, I think we're going to get through this together. And then you put that all in writing. <laughs> That's really nice. I like it. Yep. Good, now, good, good. The only time you don't <laughs> use the sandwich technique is something super serious. They touch somebody, they, you know, there was mm-hmm. violence, there was harassment, there was theft, there was, you know, something like that. Super serious, like, boom, no, Bob, out the door. And this is the reason yeah. why. Or, yeah. you know, even if they're not out the door yet, we're, we're putting you on a severe performance improvement plan or something like that, or we're removing you from the workplace till we investigate this. Uh, we'll pay you or we won't pay you while you're gone, something like that. So you don't use the sandwich sec- technique when it's super serious. It's more when like, I have to talk to this person. I want them to come back tomorrow. I want us to work on this. Um, and so if I got the, it's like the kiss and slap, right? If I got the kiss and slap and I was walking out the door, I'd be like, okay, I just kind of got in trouble, but my manager said, we're going to get through this. So I'm not going to go look for a new job. Um, but I am going to come back tomorrow and we're going to work on this versus they just told me I suck. I'm out of here. I'm looking for a new job. And then the manager the next day goes, what do you mean they didn't come back? I wanted them to come back. Yeah, but you didn't say that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Okay. I'm going to ask one last question before I know you've got to get going on. You've got other stuff to do, but let me ask you. So I've always wondered this and it may be, I know you're, you're probably going to say you need to ask each employee, but just as somebody with a ton of experience in, you know, in terms of businesses and employment, et cetera, do you think, and this could be generational too, do you think employees um, prefer uh, a raise, a bonus, more freedom, or a different type, uh, like a, a a title that's bigger. Yes. 
I know it's all a yes, but if you had to prioritize, what's your um, guess or what's I your gut instinct? I would say a raise. I would say probably hmm. a raise. And that's assuming, you know, assuming that they're at market or close to market. If they're above market, you know, they might, it depends on their role. Sorry. Uh, but bonuses do yeah. um, help some people and it definitely do motivate people. But me personally, if I have to wait 11 and a half months for a bonus, it's not motivating me today. So if you are doing bonus programs, you know, consider breaking them up throughout the year, whether it's quarterly or whatever, which means you do have okay. to create goals. And then your goal should be first three months, six months, nine months, 12 months versus first uh, an entire year. If you create a goal for somebody that's a 12 month goal, they don't have any motivation to do it till 10 or 11 months in. So you're right. You no, know. That's, a, that's great advice. Yeah. And then absolutely. some other people, they may say, you know, I'm, I'm happy with my pay. Who's going to turn down a raise, right? Or a bonus. But other right, people yeah. might say, I'm happy with my pay, but I really need a lot more flexibility because of my life. And so, right. you know, work life, work life balance is important to most people. Um, what that means is different to everybody. It could be four day work week. It could be work whenever. Yeah. I don't care. Get this done and get it under 32 hours hours or whatever. So title, um, to me, you know, I've never been a one with title. I mean, my title literally is the HR lady. Um, and I, I've never either. So it's always, I'm always curious about that because to me, it's like, whatever, but some people, I, I some, some organizations titles are really important and they Uh, carry the weight of authority. Um, and, you're you're not going anywhere because you have this title. But generally speaking, I think these days, and again, this is this is a big wide fan here. I think most people are like, I don't care what title you give me, give me the money and my and all this other stuff that I want. But you know, a title, especially when you're younger in your career, um, and I mean younger by experience, not age, a title does give you influence and it does give you um, authority or but often people say, oh, we're going to put them in, a, in this title, but it's not really the job, you know, and if right, you're, right, if right, you're right. BSing people, they're going to figure it out and they're still going to walk with the title on their resume. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. That's where that title will go. <laughs> well, this has been so wonderful, so helpful. Um, now, if people want to reach you um, and, and so two things, how they can reach you, how they can buy your book and anything else um, if they wanted to work, you know, individually as, as a company or be one of your clients. How do sure. they Sure. You could find me on the internet at thehrlady.com. My email is wendy at thehrlady.com. I'm on LinkedIn every day. So you can find me there too, Wendy Sellers. And if you're interested in my book, I either have them on my website as eBooks um, or on Amazon as actual books. Um, and they're also translated into Spanish and soon will be coming out in audio. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Okay. Well, I will definitely be getting those and I'm sure you're going to hear from some of our listeners as well. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your expertise. So many of our listeners are entrepreneurs and this has been just a gem of, uh, of knowledge. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Take care. 